Pick from start. Hey, this is Elliot Fishman. Welcome to our monthly CTSS quiz. It's that uh, third Thursday. So I have 10 cases for you. They're going to be GI oriented. A bunch will be pancreas. I'll show you a few images. We'll talk about it and we'll tell me the answer. Okay, some pancreas cases. Here's a calcified, partially calcified mass in the head of the pancreas. The lesion also is noted to be somewhat cystic, particularly nicely showing you the calcifications on the coronal views and on the volume rendered and MIP imaging. So now you say to yourself, what lesions can calcify? We talk about cirrhosis adenomas, central stellate calcifications, but this is not central, this is around the rim of the lesion. We talk about neuroendocrine tumors which can calcify, often dystrophic, but a range of appearances from periphery to central to mixed. We talk about adenocarcinoma, which essentially never calcifies. We talk about mucinocystic neoplasms, which have peripheral calcifications. Occasionally IPMNs can as well. We also talk about an uncommon tumor, which is spend tumors. Up to 70% of spend tumors will have calcification. There are a range of different appearances. Remember, spend tumors are typically females in their teens and 20s. This was a bit older, and there's a range of appearances. And this was a spend tumor with calcification. Okay, next case. Tail of pancreas, dense coarse calcifications, and a mass. I have to admit, when I see this, if patient's older or almost any age, the first thing I'm thinking about is a neuroendocrine tumor. Yes, it's on the periphery, and usually uh, with neuroendocrine is more central, but it can be anywhere, it can be diffuse, it can be extensive. So I'm thinking about neuroendocrine tumor. The other parts of the differential become important. I mentioned before, spend tumors would be a possibility. Doesn't have the look, but you can get fooled at times of mucinocystic neoplasms. If it was high-grade dysplasia, it's possible. In a 40-year-old female, it would be a good thought. But I still would favor a neuroendocrine tumor, but this was a spend tumor as well. So I thought I would just show you calcifications can be very helpful can focus the differential diagnosis, but it can be somewhat challenging. Now another case, this is mainly cystic and it has septations, body tail of pancreas region. When I see septations and that location, particularly patients 40-ish year old female, I'm thinking mucinous cystic neoplasm. You could think about a serous cystadenoma that can have septations as well, not the best location, but it could be um, and septations really are a very good sign for mucinous tumors, but it's not specific. This is not the look of a cystic neuroendocrine tumor. It's not the look of a um, pseudocyst typically. So I'm kind of stuck here. I, I do favor an MCN, but you know, the problem is if you push me, can I exclude a serous cystadenoma? The answer would be no, and this was an MCN with high-grade dysplasia. The larger an MCN is, the more likely it has high-grade dysplasia. We're doing work with um, AI for this. Based on imaging alone, if you see solid components in the mass, then it's high-grade dysplasia. But just a cystic lesion, I think you're kind of stuck. Size was maybe the only driving force here. What about this case? Now, 
When we talk about the pancreas, we talk about looking everywhere. The first thing you see here is not the pancreas, you see multiple vascular liver lesions. Now you could say, could this be a typical hemangioma? Could this be METS? It could be METS from a million different things, from neuroendocrine tumors of the pancreas to renal cell carcinoma, to uh, small bowel malignancies like carcinoid. But here you see coarse calcifications, mass, body and tail of pancreas, not exactly like before, which was peripheral, but again, it can't have any distribution. But now I'm giving you a mass, and the mass looks like it's involving the spleen or coming up to it. Here it is in the coronal view. So now you say a mass, tail of pancreas, extending to body perhaps, with coarse calcifications, but multiple vascular liver lesions. In this case, I think all of us would go not so much to a spent tumor, which typically are gonna end up not metastasizing in 90 plus percent of cases, but I would go directly to a neuroendocrine tumor, and guess what? This was a neuroendocrine tumor with liver metastasis. Just a very important differential point. Now another case, I see a mass in the head of the pancreas. It's kind of low density. You can see its mass effect. It looks almost the same density as the liver, and it's better shown on the venous phase imaging, which means it washes out somewhat and it shows better relative to the kidney and relative to the liver, and you can see it near the gallbladder. So what am I thinking about? Well-defined cystic lesion. You could think about a cirrhosist adenoma. You could think about a neuroendocrine tumor that wasn't uh, calcified, though it's not the best look for neuroendocrine, which are usually very vascular. You could think about an MCN, not a great location, but a possibility depending on the age of the patient and sex of the patient. You also could say, since this was a quiz column, what about a spen tumor? And this was a spen tumor. Now, if I would have told you the patient was 12 years of age, when a patient is 12 years of age and you see something in the pancreas, I don't even bother looking before I say it's a spen tumor. If they're under five, you could say a pancreaticoblastoma, but teenage years, double digit years, under 25, you gotta say a spen tumor as the likely diagnosis. Okay, let's move over a little bit to GI. Here we see a mass in the root of the mesentery. There really is some enhancement of the lesion on the volume rendered views. There's no desmoplastic reaction. You can see the mass here. I still could consider carcinoid. I still could consider Castleman's disease. I consider a metastatic node. A little bit atypical with the enhancement for lymphoma, but lymphoma is up there. And just basically any type of sarcoma. It is well-defined. Liposarcoma is the most common retroperitoneal sarcoma usually contains fat, but doesn't need to, but other sarcomas are possibilities. This was a low-grade fibromyxoid sarcoma. I think the one thing you can walk away with by looking at these images, it's a solid mass. It's not likely to be something benign, right? You know, fibrosing mesenteritis has calcification. I mentioned Castleman's, they're usually more vascular. Um, big nodal mass possibility. Again, this was a sarcoma. Another case, abdominal pain. And if you look hard, there's a bit under a two centimeter lesion in the second portion of the duodenum, which is somewhat vascular. You can see it again here on the coronal views very nicely. And you ask me, what am I thinking about on these images? 
the lesion is enhancing, I'm thinking about a neuroendocrine tumor. Yes, you can have a polypoid lesion, inflammatory polyp, which can be calcium, can be enhancing. You can think about a metastasis from renal cell. You could think about a number of different tumors, even a GIST tumor would be a good possibility. Adenocarcinoma unlikely because they don't enhance. But then if I push you and said it's benign, what else could I think of? Another thing you can get that can look just like a uh, carcinoid or GIST is going to be uh, a pancreatic rest, right? An ectopic pancreas. Ectopic pancreas, most common in the antrum of the stomach, but it can occur in the duodenum, especially first and second parts. They're usually vascular and can simulate neuroendocrine tumors. And remember these ectopic pancreases or heterotopic, whatever you want to call them, stomach, duodenum, jejunum. Most of the time is an incidental finding. Occasionally it can present with GI bleeding, but it's a great mimicker. Another case of GI bleeding, and what am I seeing here? Stomach is distended. What's going on around the duodenum? There's some mass effect there. And when you look at it more carefully, there's compression of the SMV. The challenge here perhaps is, is this duodenum or is it pancreas? Sometimes it's really hard. You gotta look at coronals, you gotta look at the epicenter, you gotta look at enhancement. If you look at the epicenter here, particularly the cystic component, I would tend to favor it's probably duodenum, though I've been fooled before. If it's duodenum, you think about carcinoid tumors, they're usually they're vascular. You think about GIST, which can be hypo or hypervascular. You think about strange metastasis. Most meds are like renal, which are vascular. And then if you said it was pancreas, could it be carcinoma, could it be a cystic lesion of the pancreas. It's kind of a tough call. And this was a GIST tumor. I think the point we'd like to make is sometimes it's hard to tell whether it's duodenum or it's pancreas invading one direction or the other. And it's always good to think about a duodenal mass simulating a pancreatic process when in a case like this, you don't see dilated common duct and you don't see dilated pancreatic duct. Let's say look at the liver. Big mass, meds versus primary tumor. Kind of scalloping, I'm thinking tumor, I'm not thinking abscess. Though at times we've seen large abscesses fool us. What could this lesion be? It could be hepatoma, it could be a cholangio, it could be metastasis. If I told you the patient was in their teens, then you gotta think about, and you don't see cirrhosis here, which kind of pushes against classic hepatoma, the hepatoma, the type of hepatoma you can get, which can be cystic or can be vascular, may not have dilated ducts, occurs in younger patients as fibrolamella hepatoma. It's a great mimicker, and this case, again, will live and die by the pathology. Another case, very vascular lesion. I show this case to compare it to the prior study, which was low density, somewhat cystic, but you didn't see the vascularity you see here, particularly on the MIP imaging. I love the MIP for showing me the neovascularity, which you see as well in the coronal views. What gives neovascularity? Hepatoma, but the liver is not cirrhotic. Cholangio, occasionally, but that's much less common. Metastasis, particularly from a vascular tumor like carcinoid, any neuroendocrine tumor or renal cell.
But another possibility would be hepatoma, as we mentioned, but the liver is not cirrhotic. And this was a metastatic leiomyosarcoma. So vascular lesion, lots of neovascularity. You've got to think of hepatoma, even fibrolamella hepatoma, but if you don't see cirrhosis, fibrolamella is good for that. And not every HCC is in a cirrhotic liver. But when I start thinking about it, and if I don't see the uh, cirrhosis, I'm thinking about metastatic disease. Well, that's 10 cases, and that's all, folks. This is the tombstone of one of the most famous comedians, the man of a thousand or thousand voices. He did like Daffy Duck, all of those things. Da da da, what's up, Doc? And all those things. That was Mel Blank, very, very funny guy. And so we'll honor Mel Blank by saying, guys, those were 10 cases. I hope you learned something. And that's all, folks. And with that, have a great day.